It's all made up. We're living in a... a Love is a real chemical reaction in your brain. (laughs) I would love to have a Richard existential cynical (laughs) day today. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just do a a Valentine's Day podcast with Richard? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That would be fantastic. Hello, and thank you for joining us up here on Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchison, uh, and uh, this week I'm joined by Adam and Christina from the Lab Strategy team. So guys, welcome back. Hello. So good to be back. Glad and to have- not hosting. And not hosting. Christina, you did a great job on the last podcast. I have to hand it to you, so I'll give you the uh, a, a round of applause. Second, was, uh, fantastic. second best I learned from the best. <laughs> you are too kind. Um, so this week we'll, we'll, we'll be discussing... The Spotify acquisition of Gimlet Media and Anchor. Uh, and in case you don't already know what those uh, companies do, Gimlet Media, they are a renowned uh, content studio, creation studio in the podcasting space. Uh, they have made uh, podcasts like, like like Reply All, Startup, and uh, Homecoming, which is now an Amazon show or movie coming out. Uh, and Anchor, if you don't know, is a creation tool. So it, they help creators uh, pretty much make, make a podcast with just your phone. That's about all you need. So they have all the tools embedded in, w- within an application to make it just super easy to uh, create and then publish your, your work. So... Before we dive in, Adam, um, I want to get your background. Um, how were how were you introduced into the world of audio? Uh, I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I remember when the way that you discovered a podcast was by going to a specific website that had a list of all of them. And I remember when there were like less than 500 total podcasts in existence. Um, and I actually got my first job in marketing producing a podcast for Axe Body Spray um, no back way. in uh, 2005. It was actually a video podcast because in the years before YouTube, there was a time before YouTube, um, they produced a video series and distributed it as a podcast uh, in 2005. Uh, and that was my first job in marketing. Um, and then after that, I actually went to uh, work at CBS and helped produce a an audio podcast of the Days of Our Lives, um, because Days of Our Lives actually started out so long ago that it was before TV as a radio show. And so the producers were really excited at the idea of making it into a podcast. Um, so yeah, I've been and I've produced a couple of other podcasts since then. But it's been, it's been uh, <laughs> uh, it's I've been involved in podcasts for a while. And like I said, listening to them when you could literally count the number. Um, and yeah, I love podcasts. I think they're they're great. As much time as I've spent with you, like in airports and sitting within five <laughs> feet of you, it's unbelievable that this has happened. It's so incredible. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it makes so much sense. It's true. It's truly amazing. Uh, we have a you know an OG from the uh, like from like the formation period of podcasting. So um, glad to have you on. So with that, let's just dive right in. Um, and I want to first talk about the acquisition. So like, let's talk about Gimlet Media. Um, why do you guys think Spotify wanted to acquire Gimlet Media? What's the what's the reasoning for that? Um, I think it's about uh, the economics of Spotify's business. Uh, they obviously have a great music catalog. 
but they pay the record labels every time you stream one of those songs. Um, so there's no real way for them, no matter how many users they get and how much time users are spending listening to music, there's no way for them to really increase their margins, increase their profitability, um, and because they're always sort of set at whatever those record label contracts are. And, you know, people have speculated and Spotify has dabbled a little bit in going direct to artists, but um, that obviously risks, you know, pissing off the labels and, and ruining those relationships, which they can't really afford to lose. So podcasting gives them something that they can actually own the content from start to finish and um, actually increase their margins over time on it. So I think that's, you know, on the Gimlet side, it's a content acquisition. It makes them look the, – the, their podcasting side of their business will look more like Netflix and the economics around Netflix than it does their music business. I think when you think about, too, the other major player in podcasts, it's Apple. Apple yep. has owned and cornered the podcasting market. Um, and I think Spotify sees an opportunity where I don't think Apple – Apple has the platform. I don't think Apple has done much in terms of owned content or really – making podcasts into a bigger thing than it already is. And so I think Spotify saw the opportunity to kind of carve out one part of the value chain. And I think that also relates to the anchor acquisition, but um, they see ripe opportunity just with how many people are consuming podcasts, um, how many, how great the original content is from Gimlet. And they saw that as an opportunity to differentiate their own um, space in that unique opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, I think, plain and simple. It's content acquisition. They're like the best in the space and they paid a pretty hefty price tag for it. It's estimated at 230 million, which interesting is about the same amount of revenue that the entire podcasting industry made in 2018. (laughs) So like total revenue in 2018 was 314 million. So they paid a pretty heavy price tag for this content creation company. Yeah. And I think it's not necessarily just about the content that Gimlet already has or that's in their pipeline, as great as that is. I think a lot of it was about hiring the um, the management and the producers on the Gimlet side who clearly understand the space really well and built a pretty big, solid business in less than five years um, by having a good sense as to what people are willing to listen to. Gimlet also uh, does almost it's branded content on behalf of advertisers. They'll produce native podcast shows for brands. Um, I'm curious to see how, given that Spotify has a pretty sizable portion of uh, non-ad supported business with their subscription offering, I wonder if that's a way to to, um, introduce and monetize more types of branded content and increase revenue that way. Yeah, I think even branded content and then also lots of podcasts are ad supported in the first place. So as Spotify obviously wants to move most music listeners to their subscription product, um, this gives them something, a new ad products that they can sell and new, new ways to monetize ad products. Um, and it'll be interesting to see at some point if, you know, you're a paying, a paid Spotify member, are you going to maybe not hear ads in some podcasts from Gimlet or whereas maybe the ads will stay if you're um, not a paid member? Yeah. I mean, I think like with their exclusives, I think they can make sense where it's like they would take the ads out. But if you look at how like the ecosystem podcasting works and like the technology of the RSS feed, once it's out there, like they can't just like scrape the ads out. Well, that's a very interesting topic, though, because they can if they control the entire stack. Um, So I think one of the concerns about um, someone like Spotify coming in who owns both a podcast player as well as content is that um, what they can do is actually do things like do dynamic ad insertions. Um, They can 
remove or target ads separately. This is something that a lot of the large podcast players have been looking towards. Um, NPR has a sort of coalition that's been looking at ways to do targeted ads in podcasts. Um, and this is something that that is technically possible in the sense, if you think about a podcast just being spoken word audio that you are delivering via an internet connection. Right. Yeah, and, and some some companies already do that today. Like Acast already has dynamically inserted ads. Like you can do that, but they have to own that feed. Like it they, has to be it has to be published on their platform, so that way they can you know swap in like the ads in and out. Right. The 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 difference is that um, podcasting for the most part has been a large. Um, open ecosystem where you just publish an RSS feed and people can subscribe to it in any player that they want. And what we're seeing now is a number of players, and I think Spotify is obviously the most significant one, and we don't know that they're going to do this. This is all speculation, um, but that by owning the player and the distribution platform and the, the feed, so to speak, um, they can do lots of interesting things with ads. Um, but though that would only work inside their own ecosystem it would not be something that you could then it would not be something that you could then receive those dynamic ads in a player like apple podcasts or um overcast for example um and that's notable because as of right now apple podcasts is still 60% of the podcast player market um and they do not support they just started supporting analytics uh, like a year and a half ago. They do not support dynamic ad insertion. Um, and we've seen people try to hack ways around that. But um, it's the, that consolidation of owning the entire end-to-end distribution experience that would let somebody really create an, uh, an interesting ad platform. Right. And I think there's a lot more that we can go into. But before we do, I want to quickly pivot to talk about um, the second part of the acquisition is the company called Anchor. Um, so when you guys like, you know, take a look at, you know, first they have, they have a big content studio and now they have this creator cool, like creator tool. What are your thoughts on this overall strategy? Like combining those two together, like, like what are they looking to get out of this, um, you know, larger acquisition? I think what anchor does is lowers the barrier to entry to creating podcasts even further. Um, and I think what this is, is a long tail strategy so that they have quantity of podcasts that they can start inserting ads into. And it, it reminds me of our outlook topic, the media haves and have nots almost in one platform. So at one end you have, um, extremely high quality content. Um, some of that you could see potentially being put behind, you know, a subscription only offering at kind of the extreme end. Um, and on the other hand, you have the ad supported model. And I think they're trying to contain that entire ecosystem, um, on the platform, but, I think the anchor acquisition, it was more surprising to me. But when you think about um, the economics of it all, I think it makes pretty good sense. Yeah, I also think that regardless of their plans for how ads are going to integrate it, integrate into the platform, um, the anchor acquisition helps Spotify see which podcasts are growing. um, Because if they make it the easiest place to create your podcasts, uh, obviously Spotify will be the default destination for them. Who knows, you may even have to like check a special box to make sure that you're producing an RSS feed that can be uh, subscribed to in other podcast players. But even if they do keep it open and published and available to everywhere, the content that's coming out of Anchor, they will be able to see rising stars and be able to um, you know, acquire them or make special deals with them or things like that. To me, Anchor is the analog I see kind of in the music industry actually is what SoundCloud did for hip hop artists. Um, they totally lowered the barrier to distributing your music. I think it was, I mean, any 
artist could go on SoundCloud, but it was big in hip hop. And there was this whole trend of rising SoundCloud rappers that made it into the mainstream. And then um, SoundCloud tried to help them figure out kind of management and all of that stuff. But I see a similar thing happening potentially in podcasts. And if you think about podcasts too, podcasts aren't just competing with other podcasts. They're competing with music. They're competing with potentially news in the background. There's other media formats. And I think it's a really smart way um, to Adam's point to identify those rising stars and potentially monetize or manage or have some sort of um, move them towards another part of the value chain. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it, it, like, it just becomes scouting talent. It's just a funnel into understand what's going to be popping and how they kind of capitalize on that. Um, but when I look at the like both of them together, right? I think it's really interesting from like a brand perspective that this is a really a great way to grow the overall podcasting ecosystem. Knowing that a lot of users, you know, Spotify has you know, how many paid users, 82 million paid users or something like that. And then they have in total, I forgot the number, I'll come back and quote it. But, um, you know, I think one of the challenges that we saw last year with the podcast industry is that um, it's growing, but it's very slow. It's, it's, it's been a slow crawl since, you know, Adam back in 2005, like when, you know, when it all first started. Um, and I think what this does is an interesting way to help, you know, more rapidly spread the the awareness of podcasting and make it more available or more accessible to those that maybe don't know how to get into podcasting because it's too complicated to like download a, like a third party app or a player or you know whatever it might be. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see this how much of the pie grows this year um, from an audience perspective uh, to making I guess like more app like more appetizing for brands and marketers like to get into. And not only that, it makes it easier because now podcasting becomes a simple uh, line item on a larger Spotify you know media buy which would be pretty you know pretty fantastic when it comes to you know getting new brands to come into the space and you know help grow um what podcasting is all about yeah i really hope that it actually also um, spurs some more competition in the uh, creation tools market because um, anchor is great acast is great but i think that there's lots of opportunity for more innovation to make things even easier for people to produce audio content uh, and distribute it um, Apple had invested early on in um, tools for that in GarageBand and then at some point stripped them out um, and just to make GarageBand focused on uh, music production. Um, so it would be interesting to see, you know, other people playing in the space um, to sort of make that content creation even easier. Because if you compare producing a podcast at this point to um, starting a, a show on YouTube, it's like 10 times easier to just get started broadcasting on YouTube or Instagram for that matter, or Snapchat. Um, it's kind of crazy that podcasting is still, even though audio theoretically is an easier medium to work in, um, it's still, uh, you know, behind. Don't you think it's so crazy that Apple hasn't made any major moves in podcasting? They just released metrics, right? Yeah. But they haven't, I feel like, I don't know what their hesitation is or what to re make of that. Yeah, I mean, it's... I remember when, when Apple added podcast support to iTunes, podcasts had already existed before that. Somebody at, at Apple wisely saw, oh, hey, this is free content for iPods. Um, we should support this officially. And it was like a huge deal. Again, this was when there were like very few podcasts, but everybody was very excited about it. It definitely opened up the space in, in sort of that first early wave um, for, for, to, for finding audiences. Um, and then they just sort of languished like they, they at some point broke podcasts um out of the main music app on your iphone um and then it, they just sort of let it sit and the only update we really had were those analytics updates which were not 
you know, tons of analytics, just sort of a, a very high level look at, at listeners and um, the time uh, spent listening in each uh, episode. So especially with Apple's like new push into services, it does seem like like podcasting could be part of that. Like, you know, can we get we're expecting that in um, in a month, we're going to see an Apple subscription news bundle, it seems pretty certain that's going to be announced. Might we see podcasts and paid podcasts be part of that? Theoretically, Apple could have turned on paid podcasting anytime in the last 10 years, right? <laughs> the podcast directory is literally, especially before the iPhone, it was sitting in iTunes in the store section, they could have turned those little subscribe buttons into buy buttons or, you know, subscribe for $1 a month or $5 a year or whatever. Um, they have all the infrastructure to do this. Uh, so I actually am hoping, especially given their market share, you know, Apple has, like I said, around 60% of, of the podcast audience still. Um, Spotify has b- between 5 and 10%. Um, I'm hoping that maybe Spotify's acquisition of um, Gimlet and Anchor actually spurs Apple to do some of the really obvious low-hanging fruit things that they haven't done over the past, you know, 15 years. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I I know you know like after listening and doing a lot of research around the conversation in the space, um, a lot of content creators are very happy with Apple not doing anything, just kind of being this like benevolent massive beast in the ecosystem, but then they kind of just not like ignoring it pretty much, um, because it it gets um, you know a bit dicey when you have these large companies come in and try and centralize it. You know, it it does cause some problems from like a creator perspective. Uh, if you like look at YouTube, for example, you know, like there's a lot of conversation going around is you know, will podcasting or will Spotify become the like the next YouTube where uh, creators, you know, put all this content on YouTube for like for free. And then over time, YouTube just kept changing the distribution platform and the algorithm and how it all worked out. And they just, you know, lost all their revenue. They were pretty much, and they say like slaves to the algorithm and they just got totally um, screwed over by, by YouTube. Um, so like, there's a lot of, I guess, you know, like hesitancy and fear in the ecosystem today about either Apple coming in and becoming that centralized player or even Spotify becoming that. Uh, and that might kind of just disrupt what podcasting is all about. This kind of decentralized, um, you know, anybody can publish, anybody can download very simple, you know, tech, um, feed. Yeah. I think that that is the, the fear of what's happening with Spotify right now. I think that, you know, I think what, what I would like to see, and I think what a lot of people in the industry would like to see is Apple to build some of those tools that would help increase monetization, increase the num- the ease of production and things like that, but build them on top of the open ecosystem that already exists and that they've been supporting for, for 15 years. Um, because there's no reason why, you know, if, if Apple added those subscribe or buy buttons into their existing podcast infrastructure, which they already have, obviously, because of the App Store, if they added that into the existing podcast infrastructure, it would let you monetize an open RSS feed on their platform. Um, And I think that would put pressure into uh, people like Spotify and and the rest of the industry, basically, to support that open architecture as well. So I think I'm hoping that, you know, Apple sees what Spotify is doing. And with that, basically, that that Spotify growing in the podcast space uh, engenders some healthy competition that keeps the ecosystem open, but increases uh, monetization and revenue. My guess is we see a move when they launch the video service. I, I optimistically think yes, but also I feel like they are so like, podcasting is an order of magnitude less profitable than video. So I wouldn't be sure that they would even be thinking about it right now. From what I've heard, there are only about a dozen people at Apple who work on podcasts, period, like across all platforms, (laughs) including like the people who maintain the iOS app. So uh, 
I hope that one of them has enough um, you know, voice in the company to be able to raise their hand and say, hey, we can actually contribute to this services revenue as well. But I'm, it's unclear. <laughs> well, we'll have to uh, find out and see what they have to say. Um, but it's interesting that you bring up video uh, because video has become believe it or not, like a way that podcasts are advertised and found and spread. Like YouTube has, has become a big place. It's like, like, look, look at like Joe Rogan's podcast, for example, like he's like record it and then publish it out. It becomes like a second stream of revenue for not only him, but like also like search and discovery. Um, so it'll just be interesting because we know Spotify has tried video before, and this could be a way for them to uh, bring video to their platform through the idea of kind of like recording or like what that uh, live environment is. Once we a podcast, you just clip that and then put that uh, into the, into the app or whatever it might be. So it could, they could play with, play around with that as well. Uh, but we shall see. That's kind of existed on radio shows for a while too, right? Like hot yeah. 97 in New York records every morning with whatever artist is on their show and they produce it on the radio as well. So it's kind of uh, repurposing that playbook a bit with a more digital native format. So what's interesting about um, you know podcasting, right, is they talk about search and discovery in this ecosystem is broken. Um, but you know one of our trends this year is this idea of unbundling of search and social, and how we're starting to see these more kind of like specialized niche platforms come up, um, and there's this drive from consumers to, in a sense, uh, you know, want to remove themselves from like the larger. Um, social you know, social social platforms like Facebook, Twitter, because all this toxicity and whatever might be out there. Um, so I'm wondering if the you know kind of way that podcasts are searched for and found is it's very word of mouth. It's very you know um, conversational. Like you kind of discover one at a time. Like there's a lot of friction to it. But could this friction, in a sense, help alleviate um, a lot of the noise that people are trying to avoid? in these larger ecosystems where like there's being fed content over and over and over through like an algorithm, whether like they want it or not, like this kind of friction that, that that's already installed naturally could be an, an, a new way to, you know, kind of help them, you know, remove themselves from the larger, you know, issues that are out there on, on these bigger platforms. I think one prediction that we've talked about is that social is no longer just means a feed on one platform social in the future will be kind of embedded in everything natively and in the same way that offline word of mouth works now that same kind of behavior can be mimicked with digital tools so it'll be embedded in everything from news to music to and you already see spotify doing this you sign in with facebook and i can see what all my friends are listening to i could see that helping to solve the challenge and discovery a -hmm. bit um, I also think you bring up another interesting point that, and I think this, yes, has to do with social media, um, but even more broadly with media in general. Um, the days of us scrolling mindlessly through a feed feels to consumers now as um, overwhelming. There's too much. It's too crowded. There's too many general purpose items in there. Um, and I think what we're seeing is a reversion back to more intentional forms of media. And what I mean by that is instead of a sit back experience where you're consuming, you're actually signaling your intent to follow or subscribe um, with things like podcasts, with things like we're seeing newsletters rise. Um, and so, and the difference there is 
I am expressing intent based on what I am interested in. And I am taking a more active role in curating the media that I receive. Um, and I think podcasts very well fit into that. Um, it's sort of like the old days of social media where whether you're looking at the folder in your email where your, all your newsletters go or you're looking at your podcast um, feed, uh, it's all of it shows up. You're not there's not an AI algorithm behind the scenes that's sort of recommending what you should be looking at. You get literally everything and you don't necessarily have to listen to every episode or read every newsletter, but you see all of your options there. Um, and uh, it does probably you know, encourage people to subscribe to fewer things so that your, your inbox doesn't get overwhelmed. Um, I know I always have a huge backlog of podcasts Same. Uh, to listen to, Same. but, um, it is very intentional to Christina's point. And like, if, if you, if you as a brand or a content creator can produce high enough quality content to get over that subscription hurdle, then the consumer is going to see everything that you publish. And again, they might choose not to engage with every piece of content, but it'll they'll at least see all of it. There's no one standing between you and them at that point. And I think that's very different from the direction that social media evolved into. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I look at this and I, you know, I start to see, cause we, we've talked about this as well as like, you know, these ideas of new business models that are coming out to support this type of intentional media, um, you know, focused discovery and, um, actual like, 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 like reader listenership or viewership or reading, whatever it might be. Um, and I know like in the, in the podcasting ecosystem, like they've always had Patreon out there. That's kind of like that very classic pay to support your, your favorite podcaster. Um, but you know, like we're starting to see, you know, companies like Kimberlite FM, uh, similarly, you can just sign up for your favorite episode and like you'll get bonus shows um or it, it can be a full-on paid um you know paywall um or even like the the podcasting app itself the podcast catcher uh you know they're integrating so many like there are so many people out there right right now that are integrating kind of like the, like these paywall features um so that you can you know buy one episode or you can buy you know like a, like a, subscri a subscription to an entire season long um so like we're starting to see kind of like a lot of these things just pop up without throughout the ecosystem when it comes to podcasting and I'm just interested to see, you know, how, how, how well this takes off, but you know, I guess how open people are to paying for more content. And like you said, it's going to really, um, you know, like shrink down your number of options that you're going to be listening to. So it's like, it's, it's, it's going to kind of increase the competition, uh, for not only brands, but other creators out there to kind of really gather your attention. What I would like to see from, both Spotify and Apple, because I think they can do it in different ways, is uh, monetization options for shows with fewer listeners. As podcasting has gotten more and more popular, it's becoming increasingly hard to um, to attract advertisers unless you have a hundred thousand listeners, um, which is you know a big bar to get over, especially when the audience is still just uh, you know is is growing slowly. Spotify, uh, certainly with the anchor acquisition, can definitely help. Um, smaller creators, even from day one, get started with ad-supported content. Um, and I think that that could help them a lot. And Apple, I think, you know, they're building this news bundle and, and video bundle and, and services bundle. Maybe Apple can... The, the, the rumor about the news bundle is that uh, content creators will be compensated based on the time spent with their uh, news articles. And certainly they already know that about your podcast too. So even if you're getting a few dollars a month um, from Apple and maybe a few dollars a month from Spotify, um, it's uh, the kind of thing that encourages people to see their options and understand how they need to invest in order to grow that into real revenue for creators. Um, and I, I am hopeful that maybe, you know, by the end of 2019, or, or by early 2020, we'll have several new options for ways to monetize podcasts on, on both sides. 
What I like about that too on the Spotify side is that if you think about the way that blogs emerged probably what five to 10 years ago, it was such a fascinating thing to watch because these hyper niche areas were finally able to be published with very little, very little uh, cost to launch a website, for example. So if you think about a website that specialized in social media, there was another that would specialize in um, tea making or whatever it was. And it was these hyper niche communities that were finally able to get their message out there. Um, fast forward to the ads when you are a publication and you need to support yourself on advertising, you kind of need to broaden the content so that you get the users to make advertising worth it essentially. Um, and what happened was the content got diluted and that's why you're seeing kind of a, or a recorrection of those business models right now. And I think what's great about podcasting right now is it, it reminds me of that earlier era where if you have a voice and you have something to say and you have an opinion that's uh, niche but deep, you can get your message out there. And I hope that models like Spotify's make it so that the integrity of that content can stay unique to whatever that passion is, and it doesn't have to be diluted in order to get kind of numbers up for advertising. Excellent point, Christina. Um, and I want to ask one last question here to kind of round out this episode. In general, do we think this move is good for the ecosystem of podcasting, or do we think it's going to be bad? I think good in the sense that it increases competition in the podcasting market. And I think that's good for creators. I think that's good for consumers. And I think um, anytime you see competition where there was one behemoth controlling the majority of the attention, I think that forces innovation. So I think it's good. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that having another strong player in the market is only going to be good for everybody, and especially with uh, operating under different business dynamics and a different business model. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I'll say, just from a brand perspective, I'm just excited to see how this can help you know brands explore this uh, you know fantastic environment of attention. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of podcasts. I listen to them. We're uh, we're, we're we're doing one right now. Um, and you know I think it makes a lot of sense for brands to you know get involved and you know see where they can help uh, augment their 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 strategies with uh, the spoken word. So, um, but with that. If you want to learn more or discuss this topic in more, you know, in more detail, uh, or see how we can help you or your clients, please reach out to us. Uh, you can uh, find us uh, at IPG Lab across Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can reach out uh, to the lab directly through me. It's uh, scott.elchison at ipglab.com. Uh, and, if, and if you're looking for more great content, please check out our website, our Medium blog. Uh, our newsletter is fantastic. You can all get that from um, our website. So thank you, and we'll talk soon.